led by a pair of almost 40-something dudes whose adult lives and responsibilities have not eclipsed their zeal for stupid, nerdy shit. From 40K to video games to the 90s pop culture, if it's your fandom, we're your tandem. How are you doing today, Tom? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm now thinking maybe we should get rid of the bad word in the intro so that it could be a family-friendly show. Fuck that. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Kids, <laughs> if you're listening, look, they're going to say these things on your bus ride home anyway. So, you know, at least it's, you have Uncle Tom and Uncle Ben. Wow, Uncle Tom and Uncle <laughs> wow, Ben. Yeah. I just realized that, too. Um. We're going to move on from that. Please don't call us that, everyone. Uh, but I'm uh, Ben L.S. Demon, and I'm here with Tom, Tommy Bones, Bonesaw. Yo. Tom, it's, it's been a long week, hasn't it? Oh, it certainly has. I'm also really excited tonight to introduce a special guest uh, podcaster, Gabrielle, a.k.a. Stardust Meteor. Hey, guys. Yeah, I know it's weird that we have those fake names, but it just seems like that's a standard thing for podcasts. It's like you have to have a cool alter ego. <laughs> I mean, now everyone can look up my screen name online. So Perfect. Yeah, so send your gamer tag friend requests. I have no idea how social media and, and that stuff works, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> I probably should know how it works. Yeah. Shoot me an hey. instant message on AIM. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, aim. Oh, aim. We just lost. If anyone was listening, we just lost half of them. Um, for for you kids out there, again, probably shouldn't be listening to this, but that's okay. AOL Instant Messenger was like the first. It wasn't even like what would you call it? Not a social team, uh, social media. It was just like how people communicate. Like the first text message, basically, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't how people communicated. It was how teenagers entertained themselves. Preteens entertained themselves after school. It was that in TRL, basically. When you got your really cool away message. Mm-hmm. Wait, Tom, did you have a cool away message that's top of mind? Oh, it was it was different every time. I, I couldn't even tell you. But they were always rad. <laughs> like, um, hey, sorry, I'm out slaying a dragon. Leave a message. I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> Mine were usually like, if you don't hear from me, it's probably because I've died of loneliness. <laughs> With like a font, like a really depressing font. Yeah, definitely like a blue color. Yeah, totally. You know, Tom, it was interesting. I was reading, uh, or reading, Jesus. I was listening to our last podcast, and I refer a lot, and you do too, to, to being children. I don't know why, when we, when we talk about this stuff, you and I always... Well, when I was a kid, is, is like how we think about it. Uh, you know, I still feel like a kid. <laughs> you know, it's I do too. Like, you mean just in general? Yeah, I'm a 36-year-old boy. Gabrielle, are you a 30-something-year-old girl? Listen, none of us are ever going to be adults. I think they're going to retire that in, like, Merriam-Webster <laughs> eventually, and it's now adult children. Um, yeah. Yeah, when, when my dad was my age, he'd already fought in two wars and had two kids. And I think the biggest decision I have to make on a weekly basis in quarantine is, like, where do I want to order fast food from? Well, sometimes I have to decide, like, which sweatpants to wear. That's yeah, hard. That's fair. Mm, that's fair. Well, 
uh, listeners, <laughs> I should just say listener because it's probably like one of our moms is probably the only person. Like, <laughs> so uh, I have to say, hi, mom. Yeah, yeah. hi, mom. <laughs> she likes all my uh, Instagram posts. <laughs> Your mom actually does? Yeah, she's one of the 13 likes I get. That's all you have, like, <laughs> if you didn't get 13, then, like, somebody didn't like whatever you posted and just got 12, you're like, who the fuck is it? <laughs> we invited Gabrielle here today because you and I both have partners that are very patient about our hobbying, but don't really understand it. Correct. And I believe your your wife, uh, Amanda, who's who's a wonderful, lovely person, uh, what's her general attitude toward your uh, devotion to painting and modeling and, and playing Warhammer? She calls it my nerd stuff and just sort of leaves me to it. She doesn't have any... She doesn't really like sci-fi to begin with. So every time I start talking about it, just her... I can see her eyes glass over and just like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you alone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is probably a great segue because Gabrielle here, so, so Gabrielle is my partner, and she is very patient and knows I spend an inordinate amount of time and money on little plastic guys, sometimes resin, sometimes metal, that I paint and then play with other guys and get angry when my little guys lose. Uh, and often, in like an attempt to try to share my passion, I'll, I'll go into the lore or some of the stories. And I don't know, glassy-eyed look, would you say that's fair, Gabrielle? <laughs> Um, I do a pretty good job at, you know, feigning interest and, like, remembering the important parts to talk about later. <laughs> so, okay. I yeah, yeah once, to... you're, once you're uh, together as long as we have, that'll all change. Yeah. It's only sad because, like, all the things that you like, I think, are cool, too. I guess... I... No, I think it's cool. I was just being silly. Like, I think it's cool. Just, I think the biggest problem is there's just so much material and I am just not a fan of memorization and like, I don't know, my biggest amount of my brain devoted to any specific thing is Harry <laughs> Potter. And I just can't, I don't have the same love for Harry Potter, game. really? I don't know, probably out of any fictional universe, that's probably the most random knowledge I have. And uh, what yeah. was Harry's third period class in his fourth year? I don't think. Come on, Ben, that was period. potions. Everybody knows that. <laughs> point of all this is uh yes we, we have very supportive partners who don't really get it and there's a meme online of of people who love uh the warhammer hobby trying to explain the lore to people who are being polite so today we're going to do that tom and i are going to subject gabrielle to a lesson in warhammer 40,000 lore tom what what was the topic that we had chosen for today uh i believe today we are going to explain the astronomicon that's right, the Astronomicon. And, oh, Gabrielle's taking notes over here. That's great. <laughs> so, so I think, the, what, Tom, I think it's really cool. Any universe, like the way that they account for faster than light travel is a huge yeah. part of the setting. Right. So like you think about like the Mass Effect games, like that, that the whole faster than light travel left by an ancient civilization. I won't, no spoilers if you haven't played that. <laughs> uh, Star Trek, they've got warp speed. Star Wars, they've got light light speed is it light speed uh, yeah we just watched mandalorian last night we should yeah, remember. remember this um uh, <laughs> tom are there any other like big ftl travel uh themes or uh, conventions that i'm missing um there is the warp space bubble i think i, I can't pinpoint an exact time that's used but uh, i feel like that's a common trope 
um, that kind of sounds like our, you know, COVID-19 bubble, which is like us and a couple other people. Yeah, you have uh, to stay what? six feet away from uh, other planets. <laughs> what? Wait, so what's is a warp speed bubble? Is a warp speed bubble? Guys, I have very bad pronunciation. I grew up in the deep south, so every minute I'm trying to not have an accent. So give me a break. Tom, is the warp speed bubble specific to a specific uh, universe, or is that just like a general principle? Uh, maybe both. I feel like it's been used. I can't think of a specific example, but um, it might be the best hope we have of actual light, uh, faster than light travel. Let's let's hope. Uh, oh, you know what? There's actually I was thinking the Douglas Adams one. You know, like from Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, that's one. So I think in that one they have a ship that like it's a probability machine and it just it factors what's the probability of being <laughs> in a location and uh, okay whatever. <laughs> I don't the care. Imp- probability drive. That's what it is. Yeah. I, are you are you a Douglas Adams fan, Tom? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I won't say anything negative then. Always bring your Aww. towel. You don't like it? Always bring a towel. Well, okay. all right. A lot of friendly, unfriendly jokes I'm not going to make. Okay. All right. So, Gabrielle, uh, the Astronomicon is the the central factor guiding human faster-than-light travel in Warhammer 40,000. Yes. Um, Tom, you're, so you're a little bit of an expert on this because I think you were the one that first explained kind of the, the perils of FTL travel in <laughs> 40K. Do you want to you take a crack at the beginning here? Uh, so, geez, where do we even start? So there is a section, uh, a branch of the government, uh, the Astrotelepathica, uh, that's responsible for navigation. Uh, so every ship is assigned a navig, uh, yeah, a navigator, uh, uh, who is a psyker, so they can see into the warp. Mm-hmm. And they they can see the super bright light that the emperor of mankind emits. <laughs> so so hold on, we've already lost her. Like seriously, she just she was typing notes, wrote super bright light, and then just stopped and started laughing. Sorry. So wait, what what was your reaction to so far? Emperor, the, the emperor emits. So, well. <laughs> Should I try to explain, or we can go here. I can later explain what I think I know about 40k so far sure. in general. But uh, well, first, I'm let curious, me talk about this. Why, why did that make you laugh? And then I want to, yeah, maybe the, the listeners can hear. Like, why? What do you know about 40k? Uh, <clears throat> so you you had me. Okay, there's a part of the government. They're responsible for navigation. Makes sense. The navigator is a psyker, which I know is a psych- psychically available person that can do psychic energy um they can see into the warp which is already a stretch what is a warp what does it look like how do you one see into it um and but when you see through it i'm imagining like a tunnel into the emperor sitting on a chair and they're like it's the emperor at the end of the tunnel and they see him and his bright light and it was a little funny in my mind how dare you (laughs) the emperor died for us it lives on the okay no all right i'm done so okay ha 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 We'll come back to that. Let's. I think you bring up a good point, though. Let's set yeah. like a ground base level. What's you, your current? Yeah, go ahead, Tom. You kind of need to understand the warp first and foremost, right? Oh, okay. The warp. Should I tell you what I know? Yeah. About yeah. things. Okay, this is my 40-second explanation. My terribly dumbed-down version of 40k. Um, the, the emperor. 
uh, is this very powerful being that lived in this very chaotic universe. Um, and he had a whole bunch of sons and all the sons have like specialties and um, Horus. <laughs> yeah, no, this is exactly right so far. Yeah. Specialties. One makes pizza. One's a figure skater. Um, Horus is like. Um, Good like, with animals. <laughs> he's like the dick leader of the group. And I, I guess he wants too much. And uh, I, I don't rem- I don't know exactly why, but he decides that he's going to do a better job than the emperor or something. And I think uh, I th- he somehow dies, maybe, in an attempt to kill the emperor, which I think he's successful. Uh, but the emperor was responsible for all um, FTL, right? Uh, for everybody to travel. So um, uh, they keep him sort of alive, even though he's dead. But they keep him alive by sacrificing 10,000 souls um, a day. They, I don't know who they is. Um, so he's eating 10,000 souls a day. Everybody else is traveling. Um, and thank God everyone can still travel because everyone's just killing each other constantly. And <laughs> again, lots of jokes I could make. I'm going to let it go. Keep going. Um, Everyone kills themselves constantly. Well, not themselves. <laughs> or kills each other constantly. Yeah. Okay. In the grim dark um, future, there is only war. Yes. And then I and then I know some things about like you know some orcs and space marines and like. I don't remember what the Thousand Sons do versus, like, the Chaos Guys. And I know there's gods and there's, like, the elves that worship sex or something. And and I know the basic, uh, you know, rounds when you actually play tabletop, you know. So, like, the movement phase and the shooting phase and um, et cetera. Not bad. Yeah. That was actually pretty good. And that's about all I got, so... I mean, like, you know, elves that worship sex, the brothers with the specialties. I'm still imagining, like, Sanguinius is, like, really good at, like, making, you know, like, cheese trays or something. But it's probably, he probably was. Um, yeah, no. All right. Yeah. I mean, there could be a really cool... That would be a really fun reality show, like, real-world house rules with, like, all the... The Primarchs? Yeah. <laughs> And, like, one day they have one exercise where they have to run an ice cream shop or something. <laughs> Lehman Russ would be like, try the lemon Russ. <laughs> they always do one challenge that's tailor-made for one person, and then, like, they rotate throughout the rest of the season. It's so like, this one, you have to forge a weapon, and then <laughs> uh, Vulcan's like, okay, this, this is my time to shine. That's, so that's another podcast. Yeah, we should do that. That is such a oh, mm, games workshop. If you're out there, please hire us. <laughs> All right, Tom, where yeah. do we begin? I think you were about to break into the warp. Maybe that's a good place to start, given given the awesome introduction we just had from Gabrielle. Thanks. Yeah. So I guess you need to understand what the warp is, right? You were gonna say what your uh, knowledge of the warp is. Oh, uh, I think my only knowledge of the warp is, and I only know this because uh, Ben wrote a pretty cool short story, actually, about it. Um, But basically, the psyker on the ship has to concentrate hard, and um, that helps them go through the warp. And it's kind of like Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, like, teleports into, like, a demon universe until he gets the other side. And this is the same thing with uh, the warp. Yeah. You transport into, like... Uh, like the grimdark question mark or some evil awful thing 
to get to the regular universe. Uh-huh. And um, and if for some reason your shields or something are not up, you could be infected or corrupted or contaminated somehow by something that will <laughs> like fuck you up. But it's basically like a nuclear, you know, situation. Uh, that's what that's what I got. Okay. How close was that? Pretty good. Pretty close. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) The warp is like basically a parallel dimension. Okay. Um, and it like sort of exists on top of reality. Like, see, now you're getting into like uh, physical, you know, uh, physics, and and can't really comprehend. Um, extra dimensions other than the three that we experience as humans but it's basically like overlaid on top of us that we can't comprehend anything that happens in the warp well I guess except for psychers Um, so like demons and the chaos gods they exist as beings that live in the warp this extra dimensional space where physical laws don't don't exist like you can time and space they have no meaning in the warp so when a a spaceship i guess needs to travel faster than light they enter the warp and they can travel where time doesn't really matter anymore so they can travel the distance that they need to and then when they enter back in real space it's like no time has passed if that Does that sense. mean the psyker? Well, the psyker is aware, but I guess there's no time, so the psyker hasn't experienced time either. It's instantaneous. You mean, you mean the navigator that's helping guide them through the warp? Yeah. <laughs> so, so to add a little complexity here, <clears throat> a navigator. Yeah, I'm glad I just like cleared my throat right into the mic. That's great podcast. <laughs> the, the warp made me do it. It was a demon. That's like Nurgle is over here making my throat all full of guck. All right, so. The Navigator, to be specific, is actually a mutant. There is a strain of mutants. Uh, so there's a lot of mutants in the 40K universe. It's basically anytime you have a human strain that gets a little different. So there's human mutants that are like eight feet tall and look like ogres. There are human mutants who might be part, you know, like bestial, like uh, like uh, animals. There are human variants uh, that, you know, might have... Uh, certain abilities. In this case, a navigator is a stable mutant gene uh, that enables them to have, they actually have a third eye in the middle of their forehead that looks into the warp. So if you imagine that the warp is this alternate dimension in the same way as Earth, it's like almost like an ocean, it's got like ebbs and flows, the navigator can open their third eye and see what is the texture of the warp and then help navigate the ship to avoid like flows and uh and like big obstacles okay and and since the light emitted by the emperor can be seen all the way across the milky way they can see that light and use it as a beacon almost like a like a lighthouse so they always know where earth is they can orient themselves oh so it's like a north star exactly yeah yeah Wait, he's on Earth, the Emperor? On Holy Terra, a.k.a. Earth. I didn't know Earth was in this <laughs> Oh, floor. yeah, that's totally low. He's actually originally from Anatolia, which is a region of Turkey. So he's like Santa Claus? Uh, no, he's not like Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus is very kind and cares about people and the Emperor. I mean, debatable. 
he's certainly not going to bring you presents unless by presents you mean like safety against the Xenos and demons. Okay, that makes more sense. When you said like emits his light, I thought it was it was just kind of like almost a soft core porn or something. It was like <laughs> view my lights or I yeah. don't know. Yeah, no, it I just seems see no, but you literally mean like you know it's a speck of light in like navigation. Yeah, no, he yeah. I think I think that actually is one of the most popular soft core porn movies in the 40k universe. It's called <laughs> the Astra Nom Nom Nomicon. Oh my god. Not my con. Not my con. Or it's like Astronomicon. <laughs> you know, that would be a, a cool comic book store. Nom, nom Comics. Nom, nom, nom Comics. Out of scope Nomicomics. for this conversation. Okay. <laughs> Astronomicomics. Astronomicomics. The Necronomicomicon. Um... Wait, so one more thing to clarify. So the warp, while it's an alternate dimension, the things we do in our dimension ripple in the warp. So it's actually a reflection of all of the feelings, thoughts, and emotions that we have. So, yes. so for example, if you murder somebody in the real world, that will create like a little eddy in the warp. Like their pain and anguish will create like a ripple or sometimes can manifest as like a demonic entity. Uh, in the same way, <clears throat> let's say like in the fiction you have, uh, in some cases like they'll they'll destroy an entire planet's population. Like at one point, Horus virus bombs a, a world. The tumultuous agony and suffering of all those people will manifest in the warp as like a giant maelstrom that'll disrupt travel in an entire like pretty large region of space. Okay, so what if you do something nice in the real world, like you buy like a piece of cake for somebody? It's never happened in the 40k universe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's far too grimdark for any nice acts. Well, then the, the warp's got to be a shit show. Oh, yeah, it totally is. Okay. <laughs> the most iconic example is uh, the birth of Slanesh, one of the four gods of chaos. Uh, so the Eldar, they basically murder-fucked so hard <laughs> that they created an entire chaos god. Uh, yes i yeah. i may have heard this once upon a time those are the elves that worshiped sex that you were talking about oh, the, the, these are the sex elves got it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so basically their society got so decadent because they were dominating the galaxy they had great technology they were able to just because they live a long time just indulge in greater and greater pleasures and take drugs that we can't even imagine and just get into <laughs> debased crazy debauchery all of them collectively, all of that energy, that like hedonistic, uh, lustful, uh, destructive feeling, mm -hmm. created an entity which is so powerful in Slanesh that it can actually create new demons and has a consciousness uh, that's on par with, uh, well, not really, but it's 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 a contender for the Emperor, so it's super powerful. So does it only live in the warp, though? So it lives in the warp, but in, in some cases it's able to tear over into reality and exert its influence. Yeah, there are some demons that are strong enough to enter real space. What else is in the warp? Is there, like, uh, Just like trash? You remember Roy Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's in the warp. Okay. <laughs> Slanesh, demons, and uh, stranded space marines. And and yeah, I was That's I was referring to the fast food roast beef chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Remember Mountain Dew Code Red? That was like my favorite <laughs> thing. That's in the warp now. Fun. Mountain Dew, if you're listening, please bring back Diet Code Red. That stuff was good, man. Yeah, they had it at Taco Bell. Oh, Taco Bell is probably in the warp because, like, all of the <laughs> angst you feel the next day when you're at work trying not to shit yourself, that, that definitely creates a demon. Yeah. A Nurgle demon. So, okay, yeah. So now you know about – we've talked about Slanesh before. Yeah. There are four primary chaos gods. Do you remember the other ones? <gasps> okay. Hint, Slanesh. I just said one. Yeah. Nurgle? What's, what's <laughs> Nurgle the god of? Chaos? One of them, yeah. But what's, corn. What's, corn's a different one. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying Nurgle is the god of corn, or the corn is the god of corn? Yeah. Both pop and on the cob. Corn astronomicob. Corn. So corn, Nurgle, Slanesh. What's the last one? Wait, those are those are three. Those are three. <gasps> okay. Oh man. Um. Oh, this one's Ben's favorite. It's Ben's favorite. So it's, uh, well, your favorite's chaos, isn't it? So these are all gods of chaos. Each one of them has a specific thing they're the god of. So this one's the god of change. Uh-huh. Rhymes with Meech. Oh, Zinch. That's right. Okay. Okay. So, okay, Tom, you describe these way better than I do. Huh. Take it away. Oh, the gods of chaos? I, I don't know. I, I remember you and I were talking a couple of years ago. And you I forgot who you were talking to, but you just kind of described them. And I was like, wow, that was good. No pressure. <laughs> now I've created this like really tough situation for you. Well, so you remember how Ben was saying that the things you do in real space affect the warp? Yes. So the chaos gods, each of them feed on a different... Uh, emotion or energy or act that things that happen in real life give strength to the chaos gods. So corn, I think, is the is the oldest. Mm-hmm. He was he was born from the first act of violence. So corn is very uh, bloodthirsty. You know, blood for the blood god. Ah, got it. And he gets stronger through bloodshed. So anytime you kill someone... On brand? Yeah. Corn uh, gets stronger. Got it. Uh, but he's also very honorable. Oh. Yeah, so that that's a plus for him. That's, yeah, all of them have, like, kind of a... They're they're definitely evil in that they're, they're all about spreading literally chaos. But there's all there's always, like, kind of a silver lining to them in that they also you know kind of like shiva the destroyer is also shiva the builder or uh you know you, you need like death for rebirth they all also symbolize something good about humanity so in corn's case he he loves bloodshed and murder but if you were to like kill a bunch of innocents that doesn't yeah. please him he wants like right. honorable combat between like people who could fight like if you could manage to best someone that is stronger than you that you should have lost like that's like that's awesome to him well he doesn't seem <clears throat> obviously evil he's basically like find bad people and kill them which is no, you know find everyone like he he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't care who lives or dies as long as they die oh what was this all uh, about the innocence because because if you're if you kill like imagine you're like a super powerful warrior and you kill like uh a child mm-hmm there's no, it's there's no combat. There's no, like there, yeah, it's not difficult to kill a child. 
Okay. But if you kill another super powerful warrior, that's like, ah, no, he doesn't so, care who wins. He yeah, just so wants the, to fight. The, okay. the strong warrior's blood is more valuable than a weak. Okay. <laughs> so doesn't matter how good you are, just as long as it's a good, entertaining battle. Exactly. Okay. And the thing is, uh, even if Korn's followers die, he's still happy, as long as blood is being shed. All right. So then you get into, like, Karn the Betrayer and all of that good stuff. So the next one I have on my list is Nurgle, but it's okay. auto-corrected to Gurgle. Um, and <laughs> Nur- Slanesh, uh, auto-corrected to Slavish. <laughs> I mean, those Slavish. are pretty close. Yeah, they're, yeah accurate. <laughs> so Nurgle's a good one because he is the god of disease uh, and decay and rot um, and general, like, gross pestilence. But... At the same time, uh, when you die and your body decomposes, it feeds bacteria and it gives life to other organisms. So he's the god of like death and decay, but also new life. So you know, ben, uh, is, yeah. ben, ben is showing me a picture, and it kind of looks like the Oogie Boogie Man from Nightmare Before Christmas. A great unclean one. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> Is that um, oh, showing? I'm sorry. Is the great unclean one not Nurgle? That's that's his greater de- like the the most powerful servants of Nurgle are great unclean ones. Is that what you're showing her? Yeah, I have a, I have a for those at home, <laughs> just Google great unclean one in the image. You see, that's what I'm showing her. Yeah, no, the fact that she said Oogie Boogie and I knew exactly what you had shown her. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Actually, this one's a, there's a Halloween themed one. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so like um. So, like, people on their deathbed, they will, like, pray to Nurgle to, like, spare them, right? So he's, like, the god of death and also life. So that's kind of cool. But, you know, very, you know, diseased and gross and, you know, like, festering wounds and and, uh, disgustingness. Now, now on him, he's one of my favorite characters. And even though he never makes a direct appearance, really... Because he's got a very nuanced character. So Korn, you know, like martial prowess, and he's, he's kind of this picture as this big armored guy. What he has talked about is like a, what is he represented? Nurgle, they call him Grandfather Nurgle. <laughs> Papa Nurgle. Papa Nurgle. And he's got this weird, like almost like jolly disposition. Because for him, like creating disease and corruption and filth is, is like, it's great. He's like, he calls it his garden. <laughs> and for him, his followers, like, they become these bloated, disgusting things that can't die and are so in agony they stop feeling pain. But for him, that's a gift. So he thinks he's helping people, it, kind of, by by uh, making them even more disgusting and inured to pain. Wait, so they, they don't feel pain? Eventually, like, you feel so much pain that nothing matters anymore. You become numb to it. Like, I- like, speaking of Taco Bell, imagine that thing after you eat Taco <laughs> okay. Bell, and you got to hold it in, and it's like, am I going to am I gonna have some gas, or is this going to be, like, a bad situation, you know? You know, is this, is this like, a crap myself? And you're just in agony. Like, Nurgle's like, ah, you're welcome. So what, explain to me a situation where somebody is living such a shitty life that they'd rather become a follower of Nurgle than just off themselves. Well, so so the classic example in 40K is that there was a chapter of space marines called the Death Guard that were stuck in the warp and were infected with one of Nurgle's diseases. And they were in such agony that they begged for him to just, like, 
grant them release. So he basically blessed them and in so doing made them even more infected so that they stopped feeling pain. I think this this is this is where we get into 40k where I'm just like there's just so much like awfulness. Yeah. It seems unbalanced. There should be a little bit of hope well, somewhere. The entire setting is satirical, so it's meant to be horrible. Oh, it is. It's satirical. Yeah. How come I didn't know that? Oh, we can have an we can have an entire episode about the parallels that each uh, each faction and each chapter are uh, uh, influenced by. But yeah, no, it's all it's all based on real world stuff. Oh, is are you gonna get if anyone's listening? Are they gonna be like? This isn't satirical. That's a bunch of bullshit. Is this like contentious or? No, I mean, it, like, I the, mean the creators of the game very clearly said like the Imperium was a satire on like fascist, you know, governments that they were perceiving. I think orcs are a satire of uh, like you know, sport hooligan fans. <laughs> uh, Eldar are a satire of elves that worship sex. What about, and, um, <laughs> that was, okay. uh, sorry, I was too excited for the next thing. Um, and Space Marines? Anyone who will argue with it that it's not satire plays Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like 60% of the people. Yeah, well, not, so, <laughs> I'm not saying all Space Marine players yeah. will don't understand it's satire, but all people that don't understand satire play Space Marines, if that makes sense. But I mean, even in our last episode, we talked about like this. Uh, the Chainsword, remember, was my first pick for the most iconic uh, mm-hmm. Warhammer weapon, and my reasoning was I thought it was in the in the 80s when action movies were over the top. This was still over the top. Like this made like Schwarzenegger, Rambo, everything else look like play toys because it's like oh yeah you're, you're pretty cool i've got a chainsaw sword yeah so i mean it clearly is like there's a lot of influences uh satire i think is is probably not a huge controversy but yeah all right anyway we went down a different path that's grandfather and also about hold on really real quick before we yeah yeah, yeah go from for the, it uh if you don't play chaos marines you're not american and i'll leave <laughs> it at that now, now, granted, Tom, you and I are both primarily chaos players, so that might not. And we are American, though, so you know what? Yeah, let's <laughs> go with it. Yeah, but that's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. Okay, okay. So next up is Slanesh, uh, who we talked about a little bit. <coughs> Sorry. That's, that is Nurgle choking you right now for some satire. <laughs> so Slanesh is my favorite. Uh, because like we were talking about before, the uh, the Eldar were so decadent and excessive that, uh, well, <clears throat> they basically got to a point in their civilization, their technologically, and uh, that they didn't uh, really have to do much. You know, they they just kind of existed, mm-hmm. and life became boring. Uh, so they searched for all these extreme stimulation to in order to actually feel something and you know, for a change they, they existed for so long that life became boring and through their excess they created a god of chaos uh, so slanesh is the god of excess anytime you take something to the extreme 
be it, you know, basically any of the vices, you know, the, the sex, drugs, rock and roll is how I like to refer to it. <laughs> I don't really know what Slanesh's redeeming qualities are. <laughs> I think one redeeming quality is that, is it a he or a she or neither? Well, kind of both. both. And neither. Yeah. yeah. So everyone it, refers to Slanesh as he. Uh-huh. But uh, the Eldar uh, referred to Slanesh as she who thirsts. Well, so Ben is showing me, you know, like Google Images. Yeah. And, you know, at first, when you say, oh, a god of excess, I'm imagining like this gluttonous, disgusting thing. Right. But at least they're hot. So I guess that's one redeeming quality. Well, yeah, so, well I mean, it is. It's the, go ahead, Tom. You go first. Uh, all, all of the greater demons, they have like one boob. And then, like, the other, it's, like, split down the middle. They're, like, male and female. So, yeah. It's kind of androgynous, I guess. They get one boob because that's their female side. So does that mean they have... uh, Left and right. Half a peen? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's half a peen or both. Okay. (laughs) They have one labia and half a peen. Or just a skinny peen. Um... So, if you're still with us, listeners, <laughs> the title for this episode is going to be Half a Pee. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Slanesh is uh, Sensation. So, Sensation is not inherently bad. Right. It's just but that the followers the get more... Oh, just taken to the extreme. That's what empowers Slanesh, right? When you do something to excess. So, so for them, there's it's not just like pleasure, but pain too. So like like Tom's faction uses sonic weaponry because right. their hearing right. is very very sensitive. So they play music that's so loud it'll melt your bones because to them that pain is like exquisite. It's like a sensation, and they're just happy for any sensation because they're so like deadened to you know. It's kind of like if you s- s- drink a ton over time, it takes more and more to get drunk. Right. So people who are scrolling through TikTok and Instagram eight hours a day are also feeding Slanesh. Yes. And <laughs> what's interesting, uh, what I found interesting, uh, is that Korn hates Slanesh, right? There's like a rivalry between the two. Okay, drama. Uh, yeah. But you you can strengthen Korn by shedding blood. So people go to the extreme to slaughter people uh, uh, to strengthen corn, but by going to that excess, you're also strengthening Slanesh. So Slanesh will always be stronger than corn. Oh, that's some bunch of bullshit. Right? But but corn will also always be stronger than Slanesh, yin and yang. <laughs> but basically, what we're going to see here, there's there's kind of a generally accepted hierarchy, uh-huh. but these gods are constantly warring with each other. Mm-hmm. So even though they're all chaos gods, they hate each other and they're constantly fighting. And occasionally they'll work together. But but like Korn hates Slanesh. We'll see in a minute. Nurgle and Zinch are kind of opposites. Typically they say that the order of strength is like Korn and then Zinch or Nurgle with Slanesh is the weakest because it's the youngest. So like followers of chaos call it the young god. <laughs> but uh, it's it's they're constantly warring and, and none really is ever victorious. Well, in, in 40K, in, in uh, Age of Sigmar, I think there's there's some debate over that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know absolutely nothing about Age of Sigmar. <laughs> so which uh, which Chaos Gods do you think would get along the most if they were, like, stuck together in a room? 
that's a great question. I think they all have things that make them contrapositive or contra opposites, whatever that word is. I feel like Zinch would be the most agreeable. But he'd also be like playing both sides. So maybe that's a good segue to Zinch, aka the changer of ways. Sounds fun. Yeah, so Zinch would be manipulating you, but you wouldn't know it. You would still think he was cool. Also, he's like a con artist. Yeah, every, everything according to plan. It's fun. So, so the Zinch, like the meme is just as planned. So <laughs> he's the god of change. He's also the god of ambition. So for him, right. he has plots among plots among plots that interweave and in some cases go against each other. So some would say that he's always got like a sense of what's going to happen, but there's not really an end game in mind. It's almost like plotting for plotting's <laughs> sake. Yeah. There's nothing that happens that Zinch hasn't accounted for. But since there's no end goal, it kind of just sounds like some bullshit, to be honest. It, fair. <laughs> in, in the setting, <laughs> it is. Like, that's that's kind of the joke. It's like, oh, I planned that you were going to beat me. Okay, but you're, you're not winning. So, like, is an example, like, the, all these gods, if they're part of the warp, they have, like, an environment which reflects kind of something about them. Like, Zinch is, is like a labyrinth. Because like that's the point. It's like it's it's not about the end. It's about the the plotting and the confusion and the ambition and the the layers. So he's like, he's also the god of sorcerers and wizards. So in like the fantasy setting, like the most powerful wizards are of Zinch, and in the 40k setting, the Thousand Sons, who are all psychers to some effect, you know, are very closely aff- affiliated with Zinch because he gives them power. Okay, I mean that does sound the least awful out of the four. <laughs> Except when you get fucked over because you really wanted to buy a house. And, and he was like, I didn't want you to get that house all just as planned. Or, I mean, yes. Or, like, you know, you've been spending, like, 2,000 years, like, searching for the thing that Zinch told you to search for. And then you get killed and he's like, yep, thanks. You fulfilled your purpose. <laughs> it's like that meme of the, the picture of a Mexican standoff. And there's, like, four guys all pointing guns at each other. And they're all labeled Zinch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's, that's pretty much it. The, the other thing is, as like the changer of ways or like the god of change, like all, like the people who follow him tend to be very mutated. So like he might be like, hey, I'm going to give you a bird hand today. Or like, hey, tomorrow <laughs> you're going to have an eyeball in your stomach. Yeah, mutations are a big thing with the chaos gods. So after hearing about the four of them, so Ben, your favorite is Zinch. And Tom. I mean, f- favorite's so weird. I, he's just the faction I follow. He, they, they follow him. Okay. Tom so, who, so who is your favorite? <laughs> well, I, I honestly, I it's it's less about the gods themselves. I think in terms of just the best character, I think Nurgle is a really interesting character because you know, there's this. Guy. Well, but no, like I like each of them. I'm less a Slanesh guy just because uh, I think for the same reasons you really go for it. <laughs> like I, I'm more about like the artwork, the color schemes, and the followers of the other gods. So like I think I like the the sorcerer aspect of Zinch. Uh-huh. I think Corn Berserkers and like Karn, who's like Zinch or Corn's uh, uh, champion, is very interesting. I think Nurgle himself as like this contradictory, like jovial torturer is very interesting. So I mean they all they all have pluses. I play Death Guard, uh, World Eaters, and Thousand Suns kill teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know what made me think of this now, but <clears throat> you know I painted all of my 
uh, noise marines in different shades of pink. Because uh, normally when you think of an army, you think of like a unified color scheme, but I did all different shades of pink. Uh, so because that's how they see each other. So like from a third party perspective, the uh, the army that you're facing would see them all as the same color. But since followers of Slanesh, the noise marines, their senses are so heightened, they can discern the the subtle differences in the color wavelengths. They see them as different. Uh, yeah. Where, yeah. That is some creative shit, Tom. Yeah, that's that's why I did that. The designer in me sees the designer in you, and I feel very touched. <laughs> <laughs> Intrepid explorer Nigel Bigsby here. Wasn't that a fabulous episode? We never did really get to the bottom of what the Astronomicon truly can do, but we sure learned a lot about the Chaos Gods. Well, I for one am curious to find out more next week, including will Gabrielle's patience actually run out? Stay tuned! Ta-ta! Cheerio! Okay, goodbye then. Very good. Ta-ta!